Hey, leader, and welcome to another episode of the L3 Leadership Podcast, where we are obsessed with helping you grow to your maximum potential and to maximize the impact of your leadership. My name is Doug Smith, and I am your host. And today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Baritone Advisors. We also recorded this episode live from the new Return.com studio. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope that you enjoy our content and become a subscriber. Know that you can also watch all of our episodes over on our YouTube channel, so make sure you're subscribed there as well. And as always, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and it's made an impact on your life, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever app you listen to podcasts through. That really does help us to grow our audience and reach more leaders, so thank you in advance for that. Well, leader, in today's episode, you're going to hear a personal lesson by me on the lessons that I learned from writing my first book. Yes, that's right. I completed the first draft of my first book. This was a dream that I've had for over 20 years, and it finally has been accomplished. Now, obviously, I have to do the hard work of figuring out how to get it edited and how to actually get it published, and those are the next steps that I'm taking, but I have a finished first draft, which is huge for me. And as always, I like to bring you along for the journey and share lessons that I've learned. I know that many of you that I've talked to have wanted to write a book and have struggled with it just like I did for 20 years. And I'm hopeful that the lessons that I share in today's lesson will really fire you up and give you the necessary steps for you to complete your first draft of your first book. And I can't wait till that day happens. And I hope that I play a small part in it by sharing the lessons that I learned. So get excited for that. But before we dive in, just a few announcements. This episode of the L3 Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Baritung Advisors. The financial advisors at Baritung Advisors help educate and empower clients to make informed financial decisions. You can find out how Baritung Advisors can help you develop a customized financial plan for your financial future by visiting their website at baritungadvisors.com. That's B-E-R-A-T-U-N-G advisors.com. Securities and investment products and services offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC, Baritung Advisors, LPL Financial, and L3 Leadership are separate entities. I also want to thank our sponsor, Henny Jewelers. They're a jeweler owned by my friend and mentor, John Henny. And my wife, Laura, and I got our engagement and wedding rings through Henny Jewelers and had an incredible experience. And not only do they have great jewelry, but they also invest in people. In fact, for every couple that comes in engaged, they give them a book to help them prepare for marriage. And we just love that. So if you're in need of a good jeweler, check out Henny Jewelers. And I also want to thank our new sponsor, Return.com. And Leader, let me just ask you this. Have you ever had an interest in investing in real estate? Well, now for as little as $500, you can become a commercial real estate investor. Just visit Return.com to learn more. That's R-E-I-T-U-R-N.com. Investing involves risk. Please consult the Return Offering Circular if you're interested in investing. With all that being said, let's dive right in. Here's my lesson on the lessons that I learned in writing my first book. Enjoy. Hey, Leader, it has been a while since I've done a personal lesson on the podcast, but I couldn't be more excited about today's lesson, and that's because I have exciting news to share with you, and the exciting news is I wrote a book. Yes, that's right. I wrote a book, and this is such huge news because this has been a dream in my heart for over 20 years. Yes, just a few weeks ago on a Saturday morning, I wrote the last word in the first draft of my book and completed it. And in completion, listen to this, my final draft has 224 pages. 77,445 words and 415,424 characters. And let me just be clear, I did write a book, but I have not published the 
book yet, so it's not available. But why I'm doing this lesson is because um, I know many of you want to write a book. I've talked to many of you for years. I've wanted to write a book, and I always love when I interview someone that has written a book. I love asking them questions about how did they actually write it, how did they get it done, what's the process, and that's my hope today. Is if you've ever wanted to write a book, I'm going to share with you the lessons that I've learned in the past year on how I actually completed my first book. And my hope is that it'll it'll provide the inspiration, the motivation, and the actual process that you need to write your first book. Because I believe everyone should write at least one book in their lifetime, even if it's just for their family. You have a message that the world and your family needs. And so let's dive right into what I learned in the process of writing my first book. For Before I begin with the lessons, though, I want to start with giving you a little bit of context about my journey to get to this point. I already mentioned that it was 20 plus years that I've had this dream in my heart of writing a book. Uh, and in those 20 years, I probably had five to 10 serious attempts to actually write a book. Uh, where I got started, I made a little bit of progress, but then I would get frustrated. I would get overwhelmed by how enormous the project seemed to me. Um, I had all these questions and then I would just shut down and basically push it aside and say, well, hey, maybe one day I'll get to it. For years, I've had writing a, a book as a goal in my mastermind groups that I've shared publicly uh, with them every single year that I want to write a book, and that was going to be the year I write one. I've been a part of leadership programs where I've also shared publicly that I had a goal that specific year to write one, and I didn't. Uh, and sharing with friends that I've wanted to write a book, I've had so much encouragement of people telling me, Doug, you're called to write. You, you know, the world needs your message. The next generation needs this message. Get it out there. And what do I have to show for all of that? Nothing. I had nothing to show for that in over 20 years, which was extremely frustrating. And honestly, it was a little bit discouraging to me. And I just thought, am I ever going to be able to write a book or is this just something that I'm not ultimately called to do? Well, Obviously, I'm sharing with you the news that I, I wrote it. And so what changed? What changed? Because the reality is for 20 years, I had that dream to write a book, had nothing to show for it. But then all of a sudden, within one year, I got the book done. And honestly, in, in the actual part that I played in it, it only took me two months to write the entire book. So what changed? Let me dive into that. Number one, I read a book by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy called Who, Not How. Again, the book is called Who, Not How. And it is a phenomenal book. It's a must read. If you haven't read it yet, go buy it on Amazon right now. Um, but the whole premise of the book is a principle that Dan Sullivan uh, calls Who, Not How. And he basically said, if you find yourself with any goal asking, how am I going to do this over and over and over again, and you're not making any progress, you should stop asking, how am I going to do this? And instead ask, who can help me do this? Stop asking how and start asking who, and it's likely that there's probably a who out there who could help you get what you need to get done with ease because it's something that they're really, really good at. And so after reading that book, I said, I've been trying to write a book for 20 years and asking how and how, 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 how over and over again. Maybe I need to look for a who. Well, funny enough, I decided to look for who, and I found one relatively quickly. I was scrolling, and it was kind of random. I was scrolling on LinkedIn one day, and I saw this woman post a, a photo of a book, and this woman used to intern with us at Light of Life many years ago, and she was holding a book uh, a, a book by David Green, the founder of Hobby Lobby, and I thought, oh, well, that would be interesting. I'll reach out to her. I wonder if she knows David Green. I would love to interview him for the podcast. 
So I reached out to her and I said, hey, how do you know David Green? I'd love to interview him. Any chance you could connect us? And she said, oh, I actually ghost wrote his book for him. And I said, what? You, like You wrote his book? You do that? And I said, do you do that for anyone? And we started talking. And then all of a sudden, we started talking about what it would look like to work together and for her to help me write my first book. And Shazam, we decided, hey, let's move forward and working together. And six months later, I had, my, I had my first book. And so deciding to look for a who instead of asking how literally expedited the process more than 10x, 100x. And uh, that was absolutely huge. So I just want to encourage you, if you've been asking how, whether it's writing a book or some other goal that you have over and over and over again, maybe you need to stop asking how and start looking for a who. So what did I learn in working with a who? Well, I started working with her name's Annika. And Annika, if you're listening to this, thank you, thank you, thank you. I would not have finished this book without you. You are awesome. And I loved every minute of working with you. And if any of you are looking for someone to work with, I'd love to connect with Annika. I'll include her contact info uh, in the show notes as well. But in working with her, uh, how we actually work together is one, uh, upfront, we agreed on the length of the book, which I'll talk about in a second. Two, I made it clear to her that she wouldn't have to work from scratch. Uh, I'll get to this point later, but I've been creating content for over 20 years. So in a lot of ways, I feel like I had the content necessary to, to actually put a book together. I just needed someone to take it and organize it. So that was really helpful in us working together. Uh, and then I obviously paid her for her work. And again, that's part of the who. Yes, I invested in that. But had I not made that investment in Annika, I wouldn't have a book today. And so you may have to make an investment in yourself and in a who to help you achieve your goal. But I, I'm here to tell you it was worth every single penny. So how did it play out working with Annika? Well, the first thing is she organized, she outlined, and she provided structure for my book. And this was absolutely huge. And looking back for me personally, this was the biggest thing that I needed. The biggest thing that held me back for 20 years is the way I'm wired. I could not, for the life of me, organize and outline and provide structure that I needed for the book. And so when Annika did that, that changed everything for me. And then Annika actually started writing the book. So we put together an outline and she started writing. And I think she wrote, you know, about 10 to 15 chapters. And then I would go in and actually read it, uh, rewrite it, make suggestions, et cetera. Well, what I ended up, ended up finding in the process is one, I'm a control freak. And so I unfortunately ended up rewriting most of the book to sound, I, w I wanted it to sound more like me. Annika did a phenomenal job. I'm just a, a weird control freak. But again, in rewriting it, what I found was, again, I just needed someone to provide the structure, the outline, and organize all of my thoughts. And Annika did that. So it, it, moving forward in the future, if I write multiple books, I'm not going to pay someone to actually write a book for me because I found out that I actually do have the capability of doing that. But I do need someone to help me on the front end, put all the structure and everything together. That was absolutely huge. And, uh, and so that's how I ended up working with Annika. Uh, it was so great. And so again, look for who, be willing to invest in a who. That could be just the thing that you need to get over the hump with your goal. So a few other lessons. Uh, I learned that I needed to write daily. I needed to write daily. And uh, you, as many of you know, I'm a John Maxwell fan. And I remember hearing John say uh, to people all the time, he said, People come up to me all the time and say, John, how do I, how can I write a book? 
And he said, I always ask them the same question. Well, have you started writing? And he said, 99% of the time, their answer is no, I haven't started writing. And he said, well, chances are, if you haven't started writing, then whatever you want to write will never be written. Just start. And then he said, he's very quick to encourage them that in the beginning, they won't be very good. And that's okay. Just start writing. And for me, I realized that if I'm ever going to actually make this happen, I actually need to make the commitment to write every day. So for me, what that looked like is I chose 5 to 6 a.m. every single day to write. And that was the sacrifice that I made. That's usually the time where I read uh, for an hour. I read books and just spend time with God. And for a season, and I heard Mark Batterson talk about this. Mark Batterson's a published author. He's published many books. He said, "There's if you're an author, there's going to be seasons that are writing seasons in your life. And you have to make some changes to your daily routine. And he does the same thing. He does not read uh, during his writing season. So I committed 5 to 6 a.m. every day to start writing. And uh, at first it was a little bit challenging, but what was beautiful about it, and this is the way that so many disciplines are, is once I started seeing a little momentum and traction, then it became really, really easy. In fact, by the toward the end of the book, I could not wait. Like I was waking up at four or four thirty every morning with an anticipation and an excitement to write because I could not wait to let my feet hit the floor and my fingers hit the keyboard because I was so excited because I started seeing momentum. And for me, I had my table of, of contents and anytime I would finish a chapter, I would just put in parentheses next to that chapter, Doug dash done. And seeing that once it, once I saw that happen with one chapter and another chapter and another chapter, that momentum got me so fired up. And now I would say, even though I finished the book, I'm still waking up and writing content every day, um, which is beautiful. And so that's going to really help me in the future. And this is the same with all daily disciplines. You all know probably and have heard on the podcast, my favorite quote of all time is from my high school football coach, Jim Rankin, who said, day-to-day intensity, week-to-week consistency builds champions. And that's what I found with writing. It's day-to-day intensity, waking up and committing to writing every day, week-to-week consistency that will ultimately get you a book. And so for me, it took day-to-day intensity and week-to-week to consistency for two months for me to get my, my book done. But that's what it took. So make the commitment to write every day. And let me just say this. you Not everything you write has to be published, right? Like you could just write to write. You can write in your journal. You could just write on a notepad, but just get in the habit of writing every day. The next lesson, and I alluded to this earlier, but um, creating content consistently matters. Uh, and again, I mentioned, even though I just started writing my book a few months ago, I've been writing content for over 20 years. I mean, I, be, I try to write a social media post five to seven days a week. So I'm, I'm, con- I'm creating content almost every day. I do a weekly podcast with personal lessons. And so I can take all of those podcasts and actually transcribe them and have a ton of content there. When I go speak places or speak in churches, I'm writing lessons. So I'm always writing content. And, and make sure that when you write content, you save it and organize it in a place that you can actually find what you're looking for. And so when I started working with Annika to write this book, I literally had probably two to 300 files worth of content on the different subjects that I thought would fit into the book. And so being able to take all that and look through what I've already written made writing a book so much easier. And so um, I'd really encourage you, if, you, if you're not in the, the consistent habit of writing content, find a way to do that. You know, maybe you're not a pastor and you don't have to write a sermon every week, but find some way that motivates you to create content consistently. It's huge. Uh, The next lesson would be keeping your why in front of you matters. Keeping your why in front of you matters. Now, if you want to write a book or really if you have any goal, you have to determine why do you actually want that? 
You know, if you want to write a book, do you want to become famous? Do you want to get rich? Or do you just want to make a difference? And I'm not here to tell you what your goal should be or your why should be, but you need to know your why up front. For me, I had two specific whys that I kept in front of me uh, while writing this book. The first why was my children. I heard Mark Batterson say a long time ago when it comes to writing books, he said, everyone should write at least one book if for nothing else for their children. And for me, as I was writing this book, I just thought when my kids are older, I have four kids under seven right now. When they're older, if I could sit down and give them a book that I think would help them build a foundation for their life, like this would be the book. In fact, uh, and without going into details of what my book is completely about, um, when I was 30 and I did a decade review, God spoke to my heart, not in an audible voice, but just inside. And I just felt like he said, Doug, in your 20s, I gave you a foundation to build your life on. In your 30s, I'm going to give you something to say. And in your 40s, I'm going to give you the platform to say it. And for me, this book that I wrote, this first book, is the foundation that God gave me in my 20s. And I get invited to coffee a lot of times with young leaders asking me, hey, how do I build a great life? Um, how do I turn my life around? And if I were to have coffee with 10,000 of those people, like this is the book that I would give them. This is the book that I would give my children to build a great life. And so that was my why. And I kept that in front of me. And I visualized my kids reading this book. I visualized, and that's my second point. My second why was, was uh, I wrote it for the person that I used to be. This was huge. I wrote it for the person that I used to be. And so I heard, uh, I think it was Rory Vaden say this recently. He said, we're most equipped to reach the person that we used to be. I think that is so powerful. And as I wrote this book, I thought, what, what book do I wish I would have had handed to me when I was 17 years old, on my way to becoming a drug addict, on my way to becoming an alcoholic, had no direction in life? What, what would I wish someone would have gave me to read? And this is the book. So those are the two whys that I had in mind, my children, next generation, and the person that I used to be. Keeping that in front of me really helped motivate me to keep writing every day. The next lesson is just encouragement matters. This should come as no surprise, but you need to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you and to cause you to dream big and go for it. And I had so many friends encourage me along the way. I remember having coffee with Matt Geppert, my friend, for the first time, and I didn't even say anything, but he said, Doug, you're called to write. You need to write a book. The next generation needs your book. And he's told me that pretty much in every meeting that we've had since. I had another friend, Jenny, who was constantly saying, did you start writing yet? Start writing, start writing. The world needs your book. I had another friend, Chris Marasco, who literally handed me an envelope and I opened it and had a check made out to me for $20 saying that I want to buy the first copy of your book. My wife has been encouraging me daily. Having people around you to continually tell you, get it out. There's something in you. The world needs what you have. Having that encouragement made an enormous difference in the journey of getting there. The next thing I would tell you and the lesson that I learned is it was time. It was time. And I'd be lying to you if timing didn't play uh, into this. And what's interesting is I've mentioned, you know, 20 plus years I've been dreaming of doing this. And I remember about 10 years ago, I was in a leadership program and one of my mentors, Rick Wellock, was there. And I had shared with the group, hey, I'm going to write a book. That's my goal this year. And Rick pulled me aside. He said, Doug, you're already writing your book. So what do you mean I'm already writing my book? Like I hadn't started writing it yet. He said, you're already writing your book. And that's all he said to me. And I didn't necessarily understand what he meant at that time. But now looking back, I do know what he meant. He said, you're living out the principles that one day you'll share in the book that's worth actually reading. And what I found is that we live in a world where everyone wants a platform. Everyone wants to write a book. Everyone wants to be a YouTube star, but nobody actually has much to say. And I think... 
if I would have wrote this book at any other time or earlier in my life, I wouldn't have had enough credibility or enough life experience to actually write this book, to make it a meaningful book and to make it a book worth reading. But because I've been living these principles that I'm sharing in this book for the past 20 years, writing it was easy. And I believe I have something significant to say for the audience that I'm intending to reach through this book. And so timing played a huge part in this. And so I would also encourage you, especially if you're a person of faith, trust God for his timing. <laughs> you know, it was great. I had a dream for 20 years, but maybe God didn't want me to write a book for 20 years. Maybe there's a specific reason now is the time that he wanted me to write this. So, and, and I would just say this, when it is time, it was easy and light, right there. I told you, I, I tried five or 10 times throughout that 20 years of actually starting to write a book. And it just seemed hard. It seemed uphill, but this time, this time when I wrote it, it was easy and light. It doesn't mean it wasn't challenging. It doesn't mean it wasn't hard work. It was, but there was something about the timing of it and the peace and the ease of which it came out of my heart that I just feel like sharing. It was time for this book. I, I thought that was worth sharing with you and, and just pray about, Hey, is it time for you to do whatever's in your heart, whether that's write a book, start a podcast, et cetera. And if you feel like it's time, then go for it. And the last piece of advice I'd share is uh, specifically if you want to write books is have a vision for writing multiple books. Have a vision for writing multiple books. I was listening to one of the top uh, literary agents in the world recently on a podcast. And she said, you know, now when people publish books, publishing a book is basically creating a business in and of itself. And what we're looking for in authors, we're looking for authors who want to write multiple books and, and basically create a, a business of writing books every couple of years and getting them out there. And I've always, and again, inspired by John Maxwell, I've wanted to write dozens of books throughout my, my lifetime. And having that vision made me realize very, very quickly to not get so caught up in being a perfectionist. Uh, I just need to get the, the first book out. Again, I alluded to, or I said it earlier, John Maxwell said, in the beginning, you're not very good. But if you never write your first book, you're never going to get to your second book. If you never write your first book, you're never going to get to the fourth, fifth book. And maybe the first book is great and it's awesome, but maybe it's not. And even if it's not, your third or fourth book may be phenomenal and it may be the very book that God wants to use to reach the world. But if you never write the first book, you're never going to get to the fourth book. So have a vision for many books. Don't get so caught up in perfectionism world that you think this book's the only book that you'll ever write. Hey, get it out there. And hey, even if it's the only book you ever write, that's why they also have second editions and third editions. You could always go back and add to it and change it later. But have a vision for multiple books. That'll make it easier for you to get over um, worrying about this book being perfect because it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be imperfect. But get it out there. Be willing and, and courageous and enough to ship something into the world that you wrote. And so those are the big things that really helped me write my first draft of my, my book that I wanted to share with you today. So what's next for me? Well, um, I'm really going to be taking time to research and actually pray about what are the next steps for me with this book? Um, should I go the self-publishing route? Um, should I look for an agent and try to get a traditional publisher and go that route? So that's what's next for me. And as always, once I go through that process, any lessons that I learned, I'll eventually do another podcast of saying, hey, lessons that I learned in publishing and editing and getting my book out into the world. And if any of you are listening to this and you are an agent or a publishing house or have published books and you have any advice for me, I would appreciate you reaching out. You can just email me at dougsmith at l3leadership.org or find me on social media. I'm not very hard to find, but I'd love to talk to you and I would love any advice that you have. So I want to end the, the episode by just encouraging you. If you listen to this and you have a dream to write a book, write it. I'm here to tell you the world needs your message. 
your family needs your message. Everyone around you needs the message that God has put in your heart. So just go for it. And hopefully today you were encouraged that you can do it. And maybe you've got a step or two that are that was practical for you to actually get it in, uh, get it done. So that's all I have. I'll talk to you next episode. Go write your book. You can do it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I promise you. I'll talk to you next episode. Well, Leader, thank you so much for listening to my lesson on the lessons that I learned in writing my first book. I hope it added value to you and that you enjoyed it. You can find links to everything that I discussed within the lesson at l3leadership.org forward slash 390. And as always, Leader, I want to challenge you that if you want to 10x your growth this year, then you need to either launch or join an L3 Leadership Mastermind Group. Mastermind groups are simply groups of six to 12 leaders that meet together on a consistent basis for at least one year in order to help each other grow, hold each other accountable, and to do life together. For me personally, mastermind groups have been the greatest source of growth in my life over the last eight years. So if you're interested in learning more about launching or joining a group, go to l3leadership.org forward slash masterminds or email me at dougsmith at l3leadership.org. And as always, I like to end every episode with a quote, and I'll quote Craig Rochelle today who said this. He said, you can have control or you can have growth, but you cannot have both. That's a challenge for all of us leaders. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Know that my wife, Lauren, and I love you. We believe in you. And I say it every episode, but don't quit. Keep leading. The world desperately needs your leadership.